Welcome to the Apple of Truth, a podcast where we cover every single episode of the TV show Lucifer while praising the great parts and pointing out the bad parts and diving deeper than you ever knew you needed. Join us for the climax of the show, if you know what we mean. I'm Lena. And I'm Vera. And this is Season 6. Today we're talking about Episode 5, The Murder of Lucifer Morningstar. Wow, that was <laughs> impressive. Running out of breath as I was saying, it's like I did not take good enough breath to say it this mysteriously. It sounded... It sounded. It sounded, period. <laughs> I mean, that's better than I thought, so... I don't have any nice segues, so I'm just gonna get us right into the summary. Lucifer is willing to consider literally every other possibility except what his daughter tells him actually happened. Chloe finally faces her addiction and Ella is super close to finding out the truth. Truth in capital letters. Yes. There is a freeze frame frenzy coming up later on. Good, good. I was hoping for that. So for Obsession of the Week, we already talked it very briefly through. We didn't share it yet with each other. So hopefully... I say there can only be one obsession. Hopefully we're agree on this. Or, you know, I'm going to be right. Because my Obsession of the Week is being right. That is not wrong, but it is not exact enough. Because I say it is not having abandoned his daughter. I mean, that's exactly the same thing, except in more words. Yeah, but it's like it's this very specific that he would never abandon her. And that is what he is obsessing and harping on about. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, he's right. He would never abandon her. Is he though? At the end of the episode, he acknowledges no, that no. apparently he will abandon her. Well, yes, but... So he's not right. He is obsessed with this being the truth and him being right. Uh, I dear think listeners, should... please weigh in if this is a match or not, because I'm not going to count it, which... Leaves us at one out of five. Excuse me. Excuse you? How was I supposed to match your obsession that was 20 words long? Impossible. I would have agreed on Rory. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. But you didn't put down Rory, did you? No. Well, there but I would you have go. agreed. I would have agreed on Rory. Okay. Never mind. Take us into the funs and facts. For this week's Facts and Funs, we have fourth-time director Lisa Domain. Previous episode was Nothing Lasts Forever. This is her last one. I also want to mention, she is the one who did Boo Normal. So, Ella, relevant, Ella, relevant, loving it. First-time writer Lloyd Gilliard Jr., who is co-producer on all season six episodes. And this is the second time we have someone first-time writing who has another role over the entire season six. So mm -hmm. that is a weird trend. I'm noticing and I'm confused. That is curious though. You know that they probably... I'd be interested if these people had other functions before season six. Not that I could see. Mm. I only saw involvement with season six of Lucifer. Hmm. So yeah, curious. The title of course is set by Chloe putting Lucifer at two out of five, still keeping him in the lead over the obsession. But we still have five more episodes to catch up. Also, still having me as a potential winner with three titles at most out of ten episodes. Just want to point it out again. <laughs> of course. We have three very, very important facts from IMDb that I'm just going to read verbatim. The dialogue establishes the event of the episode taking place on July 14th. As it is stated, Lucifer disappears in three weeks on August 4th. Thank you. Thank you for the timeline. Thank you. Thank you. At 40.04, Dan's footsteps can be heard, even though he is a ghost. I did not notice. Me neither. I only noticed that he can clap his hands, which doesn't make sense because he's I a mean, ghost. He can touch himself. So can he masturbate? Yes. It's his body. He can touch his body. So why is he bored? Not everybody wants to masturbate 24-7 because he probably doesn't sleep, does he? Someone needs to turn Netflix for him and the rest of the time he can masturbate. <laughs> Perfectly but what simple. If, what if Netflix asks you that if you want to keep watching? What then? As if Ella couldn't like program something for that if Lucifer asks her. Come on. Eh. Or as if Lucifer couldn't pay someone. Right? To just sit there and press the button over and yeah. over. I mean, fair yeah. enough. You're paid full-time wages for watching Netflix. I'd take that job. See? Thirdly, 
Lucifer says that only he, Chloe and Rory were in his penthouse and thus had access to his safe. But two episodes ago, Mace and her tailor were in the penthouse and Amenadiel wanders in and out at will. So yeah, I'm with this comment actually. So many people could have taken the knife. That is correct. However, he definitely meant just from the ta- from the point of him looking into the safe that morning and then going back into the safe. His door is literally an elevator that is never locked. Okay, fair. That is your saving grace. Yeah. So we have time and time again seen that other people can just be in the penthouse. And this concludes the facts and funs for this time. Okay, so this episode is a lot. So we need to get ready and make sure that we know all the important information that happened previously on Lucifer. Ella has noticed some weird things happening but still doesn't know about the divinity. Linda is writing a book quite probably about Lucifer. Mace and Eve are engaged. Ames is trying to become a cop. Dan died, went to hell but has been brought back to earth by an emo angel Lucy daughter. Speaking of her, turns out she's also Chloe's daughter and that's where we're at. I would only correct that Linda is not writing a book probably about Lucifer but Linda is writing the scripts to the TV show we're watching. Probably. Okay, that's better. Also... I just noticed that I completely forgot to mention the fact that Chloe has become unhinged. She's become addicted to Amanda Deal's rod. <laughs> yes. Do you want to make these two addendums and do it again? Or do we just keep it in no, post? No, let's just leave it at this. Okay, I'm going to put it in bonus <laughs> post something there. <laughs> But yeah, I'm pretty sure that what we're watching is basically what Linda is writing at the moment. Okay. Because when we saw the uh, pages on her desk a few episodes ago, it was verbatim the scene that we had seen Hmm. previously. And so I'm pretty sure that what she is writing is what in the future will be turned into this show, which is very meta. Okay, I didn't think of it at all this way so probably we'll keep an eye on it it's a really cool theory i like it i honestly just thought of it just now (laughs) but i'm very proud of it (laughs) yeah no it's good because she literally is quoting it we'll see we'll see how it goes now we are at chloe's right where we left off where we left off this emo angel daughter gets a name she gets a name but she is walking around like it belongs to her and like she knows everything like she lives there And don't tell me that she's not realizing that Chloe can't know who she is. I think she's compartmentalizing in her brain. So she is willfully ignoring the fact that Chloe can't know who she is. Mm. Because as she says, she felt so out of place. And so the only place that she could think of was to feel safe was to come to see her mom, even if it is her future mom. So I do have to admit, though, when I, especially when I watched it the first time, before the name gets revealed, I very briefly considered that this is somehow tricksy. But then I obviously realized that it can't be because Lucifer is the father. But like, just for a brief moment, I was like, who is this person? Is it supposed to be somehow tricksy? Or like, what the fuck is happening? And then it kind of caught up with me, but it was just a very weird moment there for me. Yeah, I get that. But so we do get the name. We get the confirmation of the name that Chloe would use Aurora, which is very fitting for Lucifer Morning Stars daughter. If you want to know more about the name, listen to the devils in the details. I was personally quite surprised that Chloe accepted it so yeah. quickly. It does make sense when she talks about it in the, in the following scene, but in this moment I was just like, hold on, hold on, hold on. So just some random person shows up in your house and tells you, oh, hey mom, it's me, Rory. And you go, oh, I always wanted to name my kid Rory. Sure, this is true. Yeah, Chloe is pretty much immediately on board, which feels a bit weird. On the other hand, I think that she feels the connection with Rory. The same way Lucifer. And unlike Lucifer, she is not in denial about it. And she had time to figure out that there is something supernatural going on. Plus, she had time to come to grips with the whole divinity bullshit. Mm -hmm. So I feel like her mind has become a a lot more flexible. Yeah. So I, I was okay with it, but yeah, I also noted it. We cut over to the precinct. And once again, Amenadiel is studying in the worst possible places. Like, does he not have a home? 
He we establish he does. Why doesn't yeah. he study at at home? Because he does not want to be distracted by Charlie because he loves his son so much that every time he makes a noise he would stop focusing on his studies. I just Fine. pulled this excuse right out of my ass because no it makes no sense. But like okay even if why is he studying in the conference room? Do they not use the conference room during the day? It makes no sense. It is only done this way so we have people watching him while he talks to himself because Dan is a ghost and this joke is growing very old for me very quickly yes i agree it's just dan is already being inconvenience and annoying in a sense you know in a way and it's been what two days since he showed yeah. up it Today, makes no sense. Since, since they were like, oh, this is so great, man. I missed you so much. This was a great idea. Lucifer should have brought you up here ages ago. No, yeah. no. This is exactly what the problem is. Yeah. This makes no sense from the timeline, I feel. But we get the joke. Funnily enough, even before you have a lot of interaction between Ames and Dan, you see someone from outside the conference room looking inside being confused. So obvious there was a lot of stuff going on in the background mm. I did enjoy the whole no I don't want any shortcuts mm -hmm. so I'm not gonna pick your brain I'm gonna do it right way and then yelling out the something on rye and Ella thinking we're yelling lunch orders <laughs> yeah that was great that was funny also it means she is not getting lunch that day because she <laughs> ordered it but nobody took the order so she's gonna go hungry Ah, uh, I didn't even think of that. I think she also is distracted by the fact that Emmanuel just fucking lies to her face. And she picks up on it because she's smart and she's clearly the only good detective in the entire show. Well, no, but she is the most competent of them all because Did she picks up on it right away. She usually is the one solving the cases. So, yeah, she is definitely the most competent. She picks up on Amenadiel being a fucking stupid idiot. With, I would know. I would know. I would feel it. Dude, just shut up. They very much got me with the reveal her sock is missing. Oh, yeah. I was just like... I really expected her to come in with, like, a theory about, yeah. you know, the frog and everything. And she opens it with a missing sock. However, I will say one thing. Mm -hmm. It's a great way to build up to a big reveal at the end. So yeah. from a storytelling point of view, she starts with the perfect opener. And spoiler, on her whiteboard, she has a graph of uptake in missing socks. So she's being serious. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course she's being serious. So this that was fucking perfect. And they got me. I did not see this coming. I laughed out loud. And the whole apocalypse is a nigh was very, very beautiful I'm to me. I'm missing a sock. The apocalypse is coming. Yeah, that was really well done. I enjoyed that yeah. quite a lot. Yes. So. You know, Ella does have a specific face at this point when where she's like, I don't believe this, but I'm going to get out of here so I can snoop around a bit more, which is exactly the face that she you. pulls. Yeah. And Aminadiel should have seen that. He should have seen that. But unfortunately, well, unfortunately for Aminadiel, fortunately for us, because we get more detective Ella this way, Ames is distracted. The thing is, I think Ella used to be much worse at lying. So in previous seasons, when she had to lie to people, especially when she had to lie to Chloe or something, when she was hiding something, she was very awkward and very obvious in hiding stuff. Mm. So I feel like she has gotten better at this ever since she had the whole PTSD experience and started going to therapy. Mm. So I feel like it's not... I'm, so I'm going to not blame Amenadiel for missing that she is lying to him. Because the two of them are not that close. And she has gotten much better in lying than she used to be. I mean, I didn't feel that way so much. But I guess. I guess I could accept the fact that they are really not that close. So Amenadiel doesn't really know what to look for. Yeah. Nor does he pay attention to it because he is genuinely yeah. preoccupied by trying to pass his fucking exam. Which is very sweet. Yeah. Speaking of sweet, 
We cut over to the penthouse and we have a family gathering. Yeah, we get a song, a first song of the episode, finally, called Gold Blood by Oh Hush and Dear Avalyn. Very, very cold atmosphere there. We talk about angel powers and Lucifer desire and Menadiel slowing down time. I'm like, wait a moment, that is a past ability. Amenadiel hasn't been able to slow down time in ages. At least we haven't seen him do it in well, ages. Well, we've seen it in season five when he stops time, essentially. But it wasn't intentional, so I'm still not sure if it was him. Well, that's another question. However, I think it she meant more in a general sort of way, where, you know, if he could have been able to stop or slow down time, why not somebody else be able to time, time travel. travel, yeah. But still, it to me, it read very much that, oh, he still has this ability. And I'm like, ah, does he do? <laughs> does he? Yeah. Um. This whole scene is very good, but also very, very confusing. Like, I have so many questions just mm. from this scene alone. When we learn that apparently Lucifer wasn't around her whole life. Like, mm. this is where we already learned that he wasn't around at all. I mean, later on, of course, we learn that he is going to fuck off apparently in three weeks so he's gone since before she is born mm -hmm. um we learned that future chloe apparently never tells rory what is the reason mm -hmm. which is fishy as fuck mm -hmm. everything was so like yo what i'm so confused this is so weird and then yeah maybe he really is dead like that would be a reason I, I, I was so confused so this entire thing they got me like they have me now engaged in the reasoning yeah but first of all we start with them you get to see lucifer and chloe being actually really happy that they have a kid which is the brief Very moment sweet. of their relationship kind of growing again because i don't see lucifer ever imagining himself as a father which he doesn't become apparently anyway. So yeah, it's which is kind of sad situation where he finally accepts that this is what he maybe wants, especially with Chloe. But he doesn't get to be it. I think that's one of the reasons why he fi fights it so hard. Yeah, that he can't imagine since he wants this. He can't imagine not doing it. Especially after being abandoned by his father as well. Yeah. Like he would never put and his own child through what he had to go through. And then we finally find out how does it happen that Rory ends up in the past and she speaks of this really difficult thing that has happened to her and she thought that he would be there for that thing. Do we have any ideas of what this thing could be? Or I, because I don't feel comfortable guessing because I know what it is. Yeah, back when I watched this for the first time, I had absolutely no idea what it could be. Yeah. And so now I, that I know, sure. it's extremely obvious. <laughs> yeah, I know. And same, same. I'm pretty sure I had no clue whatsoever. And writing-wise, this is such a great way to get a character involved with the past. You know, it's just her being raging in the future brings her back in time so she can murder somebody who caused her that pain. But if she murders him, she doesn't go through that pain. Yes, she will. But she would because then she wouldn't know, but then she would. It just gets really like meta. But it's really, really sm smart and well done because it makes complete fucking sense. And I can see this happening. I was mostly on board the Rory kills Lucifer train because it would make sense that Chloe would never tell her daughter that she yeah. killed her own father. Yes. Because of the and whole guilt issue. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. But one thing that I noticed in this scene already, and it's going to happen again when we're at Linda's. <laughs> yeah. When Lucifer and Rory start bickering, they're literally the same person. Yes, they are doing this so well. It it's is so fucking good. perfect. And it fits so well. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Body language and behaviorisms are very, very similar. Same style of arguments. Even though they didn't grow up together, like even though she wasn't growing up with him, she still basically turned into little Lucifer, yes. which is absolutely hilarious and cute. Mm -hmm. But so, then yeah. the real difficult part comes in. Where Lucifer then 
says, you know, if I wasn't around, the only reason for that is that I'm dead. So somebody murdered me and that brings them to Azrael's blade. And I follow this argumentation because literally there is not a single thing that he or anyone can think of that would be strong enough to keep him from being with his daughter. And when Chloe brings up like, oh, maybe it is because you become God and then you can't be around. He goes like, no, it was a choice on my father's part and I would never make this choice. And I believe that. I truly believe him that there is literally nothing to keep him from his child, be it Rory or any other child. So I follow his argumentation. I don't follow his argumentation that the blade would be safe in heaven. Not at all. I think that the main issue with this is that he says he would return it to Azrael. But then he doesn't need to return it to heaven because Azrael is never in heaven because she's busy doing her thing on earth where everybody's dying. I don't think they completely considered that. Yeah. But in my brain, it works because the blade is safe because it's with Azrael. And then it would be safe. But like I said, it makes no sense to bring it to heaven to give it to Azrael because Ray Ray is busy on earth doing her angel of death thing because people constantly be dying. Okay, but what finally starts showing up is something that we've talked about and we had our suspicions, but it hasn't been explicitly said. And it's the fact that Chloe will do at this point anything she can think of to keep the blade on earth. She does it well, but it is still very obvious. She does it well. At this point, she has pretty good arguments. They are quite smart, you know, if somehow one of the siblings would, one of the angels would get a hold of the blade and wanted to use it, you know... Yeah, it would be probably better to find who wants to try to kill him and solve the murder before it happens. However, the motivation that drives her to this is Is, completely wrong. Yeah, it's it's very selfish. Yeah. It's visibly wrong. Obviously, her argumentation is absolutely correct. As in, if we don't have the knife in our sight, we won't know what's going on. But... Yeah, intention and results and everything. This, of course, is also the moment where we get like the title drop and the title card and everything. So very, very close together for once. That is very rare. But now it is interrogation time and Chloe tries to get out more information from Rory. I think we learned that Rory is supposed to be 20 something. I think that Lucifer guesses her age at 20 ish. Yeah. So she presents to me in her behaviorisms very much like a 14 to 16 year old and not a 20 something. I get that she's angry at Lucifer, but supposedly has a huge opinion of her mother. So her being this snarky when Chloe tries to figure shit out is a very angry emo teenage feeling. Like, this is how I talked when I was 14. Except that he ruined my life. Like, like, ah, woman. I think it's a lot of, (laughs) lot of suppressed anger throughout her entire life. And now that she finally gets to confront Lucifer and take the piss out of him, which she does. I'm pretty sure that this is the first time that we get a character that openly hates on Lucifer without being vile. Yeah, true. Which is a really nice change of pace because at this point Lucifer has grown so much that we don't really get people who hate him hate him or despise him and this is a little bit of a different kind of hate which I kind of like and really enjoy yeah but she still reads very young to me we learn of course about the fun nice disappearance and fun nice is an area of LA that has come up in the past so Lucifer saying that he's never been there ah, I call it Bad writing, uh, because yes, Fun Nice has come up before, so... (laughs) We also talk about the whole three weeks time frame, and I Mm -hmm. feel like three weeks is a pretty nice countdown for five episodes, and I do wonder if basically the finale is gonna be the disappearance, or murder, or whatever it is, or if this is something that is going to get resolved before the finale, so we have something else for the finale. I have written down, we have three weeks to save Lucifer's life. Three weeks and five and a half episodes. Basically. Though, at this point, we still are working on the murder premise at the end of the episode. We have abandoned the murder premise and now need to worry about 
bigger things that would be capable of keeping Lucifer from his daughter. And of course, there's several theories that come to mind. And so we'll see if it works out. But we're going to talk about that later on. As they are leaving the penthouse, we are going to close off with Lucifer grounding Rory, which I find absolutely hilarious. As if that would work. As if that would work. But also it's lovely to see that they already have this kind of a father-daughter relationship, even though they didn't actually have any time in Rory's life to actually build it up. And Lucifer literally just found out that he is actually a father to a teenage slash 20-something daughter. Teenage tweenager. So, yeah, we get all of this. But now we can move over to Lux, where Maeve are planning their wedding. And with that, we listen to a song. Because it's Lux. Because it's Lux. By Royal Blood, called Troubles Coming, which is actually the song that I talk about in my Devils in the Music today. So head over there if you want to learn some interesting facts about how Royal Blood was founded and how they came up with this song. Within the scene, of course, the trouble that is coming is Rory because she walks up to the bar because mama needs some rum, Mm -hmm. which I get like whiskey, boire, rum, better. I'm a vodka girl, so... Anyway, what are you? What? I am an alcohol girl. Okay, that's like I'm, I'm a food I... girl. <laughs> no specifics. Specifics. I like a good whiskey. I like a good rum. But if I am drinking something on its own, it's usually whiskey. So if you have a good rum, a good whiskey, a good vodka, then you are gonna go with the whiskey. Yes, I am definitely not gonna go with a vodka. It was just an example. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, vodka makes me not happy. Then why do I keep giving you vodka? <laughs> it's different. That's not just pure vodka. I like vodka in cocktails and drinks and stuff like that. But because it's it's pure alcohol, it doesn't hurt you whatsoever on its uh, own. Okay, that is very it's curious. Story. So she's grabbing the rum and Maze and Eve. But why is the rum gone? Are just sitting there and Rory goes, hi, Aunt Eve. Hi, Maze. And it's like, what? Maze goes on a complete meltdown about this i love it it is so well done and i do love like we get the reveal in the next lux scene but this is really well done and i enjoyed this quite a lot yes and i was completely fooled when i was watching it the first time i was completely fooled i caught it very very shortly before mace says it because of the expression on mace's face i was like oh fuck but yeah However, I will say one thing that I noticed this time. She clearly knows them both very well because she knows exactly what they drink and how they drink it. So she makes them, all three of them actually, I'm going to deal later on as well, exactly the drink that he drinks, which which should have revealed it immediately. And that is the moment where she puts down Amenadiel's drink when Maze's face changes. She looks Mm -hmm. at her and then you have the realization. Yes. So it's yeah. perfect. It's definitely it's perfect. the perfect drinks. But the first two drinks, Maze is too occupied with, oh no, all of this is going to fail because I'm doomed to mm-hmm. actually take the amount of time needed to revel in Amenadiel's unhappiness to realize, oh, wait a moment. It's incredible. It's uh, such a good joke. Such a good prank. We go into the nice. And I hate everything about the dentist. I named this scene Murder Corner and I was looking at it. I'm like, what the fuck is this scene? I do not remember writing this down. The corner Lucifer was murdered. Very obviously. Duh. Vero. I wish I lived in my past brain sometimes. No, you don't. No, I don't. (laughs) That was me. No, I... I hated everything about this scene and I do not like the receptionist at all. The only good thing about this is the dog is named Cuspit and that is hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah, it's this entire scene is kind of like, meh. However, before we actually walk into the dentist, there is one thing that Lucifer does is that he's looking for vacations and going away. And I'm sorry, how is that not a good logic? If it's he's perfect. not there, he it's can't die perfect. there. Yeah. I am fully with him. He should actually take 
Chloe and Rory and go on at least a week-long vacation, at least a four-week-long vacation. Yeah. And you know what? Why not pay for Eve's and Maze's wedding in Hawaii or something? Yeah, location wedding. Everybody hates those. I mean, loves those. Well, if everything is being paid for, everybody loves those. Only when you have to pay yourself, everybody hates those. So that would my solution to all of this be. He has the money, so why the fuck not? Yeah. Instead, they go in the dentist. And I love the tiny little nods to Lucifer watching Bones so much that he knows the ads. It's so good. Very fitting, but yeah. It's perfect. And I love how much they insert the little details that are slight callbacks to the previous episodes and seasons of Lucifer. When they do it right, they do it very right. But that also makes it the more jarring when they miss something. Hmm. So... Are you talking about anything specific? Him never being in Van Nuys. Oh, yeah, yeah. True, fair. Or Dan being the one human to come closest to killing Lucifer when it was actually Malcolm. That's true. So it happens very rarely, but because they usually pay so much attention to the details and the references, when Mm -hmm. they miss the mark, it is painfully obvious that they miss the mark. Mm -hmm. You're right. It's a double-edged sword because we are so used to them performing on a high-quality level that when they don't, it is even more jarring when other shows that always miss the mark, then you don't mind as much. Yeah, you don't even stop and pay attention to it. Yeah, it's like I'm watching Merlin currently and... There is so much inconsistency all the time, but you just don't care. So I mean, you're not watching it for the plot. You're watching it for... The Mer- plot. For Murfer and... What is the ship name of Gwen and Morgana? I don't know, but I haven't seen the show. Morwen. I've seen the movies. <laughs> and I ship that from the movies. Let's go. Arthur and Merlin always need to be shipped. There is no other way. Okay, Sorry. but... <laughs> We are leaving this scene with the decision to try to convince the guy to not kill Lucifer. It was just very weird. I I wasn't really following this along. We're leaving this scene with the goal of uncreating the future murderer. Because they believe that they have turned the receptionist into the future murderer by destroying his life. Which mm. I don't think so because he's a fucking idiot. I hate everything about him. He seems to be a horrible so person. Much. So and he much. is incredibly annoying. So when it was like, oh, no, we're going to have to fix this. I was like, oh, no, please don't keep him around. And I hate the scene that comes up with him next. So, I mean, props to the actor because holy shit, you are so incredibly annoying. Wow. Mad respect. But let's ignore that because nobody cares about that. We do care about going back to Lux because this is comedy gold, to quote Gallivant. Comedy fucking gold. So, I'm sorry, we're going back to Lux, right? Is there a song? Do you know what that means? There's a song, Ah! yeah. There's a song, I'm a psychic. Ah, so smart. So, it's by Steady Holiday and it's called Tangerine. It's actually a very good song. All the songs are very good this episode, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, in general, they're good. But even for Lucifer standards, we get good songs. So actually, we kick off this scene with Rory bringing the drinks to Maze and Eve. And this is where I noted she's either a bartender or she they've been in her life enough so she knows how to fix their drinks. And that means both of them. That means both of them. But that does not mean that they're married. That is true. That is true. So this doesn't confirm the fact that she's messing with them. We just know that she might be not completely truthful about their involvement in her life. However, I have noticed one thing and that's Mace and that's Eve isn't drinking an appletini anymore. She's actually having a proper martini. Oh my God, you're right. Mm-hmm. So she's growing as a person. Do we want to put this on the question list if it was deliberate that she's not drinking Appletini anymore? Because I don't think we have any questions for Eve, for Inbor. I mean, I'm quite sure that it's deliberate, but we can ask her just so we have something ready for her. If we find other questions for Inbar, I'm happy to strike that question. But before we don't have any questions for her, I'd rather have this because it shows that we paid attention to detail. Also, no, I would rather know the details and behind the color choices that she's wearing. Do you think we should ask her that or the showrunners? I'd say she would know. Okay. Wouldn't she? Okay. I'm going to double check if we have that on the list. I'm going to add the other one. So, okay. Because you're absolutely 
absolutely right. It is a very nice tiny touch to see her evolve from her original Eve from Paradise persona because she is becoming her own person on all levels. Mm -hmm. And so that is very, very sweet. What I noted mostly was that Eve has such a worried expression on her face and Mace has pure murder written on her face. The way <laughs> the two of them deal with this potentially disturbing news is so on point and character that made me very, very happy. And then Amenadiel shows up and Rory calls him a random stranger. And at this point, <sighs> I was just cackling because this is so good. And he's like, does this mean I die? Yeah. He is so confused and worried by the fact that she doesn't know him and she plays him so well. You're Lucifer's little older brother. Of course I know Of course you. I know who you are. <sighs> It is so, so well done. Perfection. Perfection. And while he checks in with the others, if that means that he dies, she makes him his drink, returns with the drink, puts it in front of him, and then you see Maze's face. And this is mm -hmm. where the realization starts. And she goes, you're torturing us, aren't you? Mm -hmm. And so, so Rory says, I learned from the best, Auntie Maze. Which is wonderful. I mean, Mace must be so fucking proud because Indeed. this was perfectly done. And then she talks normally with all of them. And I love Uncle A as name for a Amenadiel. Mm -hmm. That is a very, very sweet. So this is also the moment when Amenadiel realizes that he hasn't felt Rory's presence. And I ask, does the world end because Rory traveled in time and thus uh, destroyed or attacked the way the world should be working and now it's crumbling apart. No, I think if the world is falling apart, then the reason is that there is no God and that is probably in part responsible for Rory being able to time travel in the first place. If there was yeah. a god, there would not have so, been any time travel because that fucks with everything on a fundamental, um, yeah, like metaphysics oh. level. Mm -hmm. And so her time traveling is a symptom of the world being fucked, not the cause of the world being fucked. I was just going to say that, and you said it better. So yes, thank you, well done, thank you. Little... I I do try. <sighs> and the crowds go wild. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm fully with you, but also I enjoy Amenadiel realizing that oh, I am actually missing something and then very quickly after this going to Ella to apologize mm -hmm. and to be willing to listen. I mean, of course she brushes him off later on everything, but to be willing to apologize to someone who has no way of actually knowing what is going on speaks to Amenadiel's character. And so I like that. I like the mm -hmm. willingness and capability of acknowledgement that he is, that he was wrong and that he should not have been dismissive. Yes. We go in uh, the next receptionist scene, which I don't like and I don't understand why Lucifer doesn't just fucking mojo the dude. Right, right. I have exactly the same question here. Thank you. And also... That dude is completely fucked up because he's like, oh, I just want my wife back. It's like, why do you fucking cheat on her? This is on yeah. you. Yeah. Don't blame anybody else for your shortcomings because this is literally your own fault. Yeah. Ugh. I don't like the entire scene. There's also a glass with a $40,000 pour of whiskey. I do not understand that. I'm sorry, I don't. It's very similar. Do you remember you were talking about the very expensive vodka? Yeah, I also point? don't understand that. It's like, no, no. I don't need gold yeah. on my food to shit out gold. And I don't need alcohol that is worth so much money that a fucking family could live off that money for a year. No. So I... You're absolutely right, so, uh, of course. I, I don't understand it and I don't want to understand it. So <laughs> I'm, I'm hmm. very... Yeah. Here is where we bring up the option that Rory might be the one to kill him. And it so, would work. It would work. But I'm glad that in the end it turns out not to be the case. Yeah. Before we actually engage with that idea, they go grab the blade from the safe. Oh, right. And Sorry, skipped over that. 
Even though it's in my notes. And it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was talking to the whiskey. <laughs> not, not about the knife. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. So they go into the safe to grab the blade because I actually kind of understand Lucifer's logic because might as well just get it over with and the dude wouldn't overpower them both. Yeah, especially not both of them with super strength, yeah. And then they would know if he's actually willing to do that because as well as Lucifer says, we don't believe that he would be capable of murdering him either. So Chloe is trying to stop him and she asks... Are you really willing to die to prove you didn't abandon your daughter? And I say, the real question, dear Chloe, is... Are you really not willing to give up your super strength to keep your kid's father around? She is an addict, so it's not a conscious choice. Well, the issue that I have here is that her first daughter already doesn't have a father. (laughs) So she knows... How terrible that is for the child. That is a very good point. I hadn't realized that, wait, both Trixie and Rory apparently had to grow up with a father. I mean, Trixie at least had a father for a few years for a very strong foundation. So, ooh. So basically, all men that are together with Chloe die. According to our current predisposition... Pierce had a relationship with her and he died. I didn't even think of that. Dan was married to her and he died. Lucifer apparently dies or something. Uh, And someone tried to kill the DJ dude that used to be together with her, right? True. So she is a female Sam Winchester. If you don't understand this reference, you need to watch Supernatural and learn what get stung, stay stung means in the context of Sam Winchester. Oh, God. Oh, God. No, no, Sam is worse. I know, I know, because he is much more active. But Exactly, he's much more active and it happens way quicker. Yeah. She has long-term relationships (laughs) with people and then they die. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she gets children with them and then... Oh! It's like praying mantis. Oh my god. Oh my (laughs) god! (laughs) Thank fuck she didn't have a child with Pierce. Oh god. Uh, Imagine, that would be hilarious. Oh my god. So I have been with three men and all three gave me a daughter... And now they're all three of dead. Yeah, that is literally a praying mentis. That is absolutely hilarious. I mean, if it it weren't so hard to miss a pregnancy, I would say maybe she also had a child with Pierce. (laughs) Oh, God. That was very, very nice. But that's all I have for this scene. So Okay. Uh, Let me just... (laughs) Chloe the praying mantis. I love it. (laughs) So my last note on this is, and this is something that we've already mentioned, would Rory actually take the blade? Because then she'd be the cause of herself growing up without a dad. And it would, as you already mentioned, probably explain why Chloe wouldn't have told her how Lucifer has gone. Yeah, but also since she grew up without Lucifer, I can't really see her killing him. Actually, I mean, she threatens him and everything with her wings, but I can't really see her killing him because then she would be responsible for it and she knows how much it hurt herself growing up without Lucifer Mm. around. So... It's like, you know, timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly. Only if she didn't have recollection would it make sense that she actually happens to kill her own father. Which also, I'm pretty sure there's some Greek tragedy in there. Um, Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, everything is based on Greek mythology anyway, so... (laughs) Yeah. No. We go over to therapy. And therapy is great. It's it's a great idea, I think. It's also not the first time we go there for family therapy. We went there mm-hmm. with dad. It went about as well as this scene is gonna go. So that tracks. What I am annoyed about in this scene is that Linda started off fucking talking about her fucking book. Yeah, she is way too self-absorbed and focused on her own stuff than about the problems happening right in front of her. Less self-centered Lucifer is, more self-centered Linda is, as I have written down. That is actually a very good point. No, no, no. I think that is a very good point because she starts feeling listless and unfocused after dad shows up. And... Yes. 
I feel like Lucifer is peaking in season five with his noticeable non-self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. And so I think there is a lot of merit to this parallel that you pointed out. Mm. I don't know if it was deliberate, but it is very obvious. I don't think it tracks completely 100%, but if you look at it in a sort of an overarc... If you just look at season five and season six, yes. I'm trying to remember season four, but I would need to... If skim my notes because basically mm. ever since we went over to Netflix I wonder if that might be an overarching thing she is still very much obsessed with her book so we get another mention but no elaboration on this mm-hmm. my main issue in this scene wasn't Linda my main issue was that nobody is letting Chloe speak a full sentence yeah which of I course think that helps this is a very Lucifer slash Rory kind of relationship or like their personalities are just I want to be heard because I'm right and you're not listening to me even though you're not letting other people speak really and especially given the later on reveal that Chloe is the one who hit the blade it is of Mm -hmm. course very fitting that she doesn't speak or that she doesn't get to speak and when she has the chance because Rory has left she still doesn't grab the chance to speak So that was very annoying, but also it worked very well for me. I was getting really upset with Chloe at this point. So this is kind of what they wanted us to feel, though. So the disbelief that I had, is Chloe actually going to let Lucifer blame Rory for this? If she's the one who took it. Yeah. Because I wasn't 100% sure at this point, because I kind of went back and forth, because I've seen it before, but I tried so hard to not remember things that I started doubting my Myself. And Chloe seems to be like, oh no, but it's my fault. But also, I don't want to really, I don't have a space to say anything, whatever. Yeah. It just feels like she is evading it so much that she made me doubt my own memories. Because it just feels so cold. And I mean, that the fact that she lets Lucifer blame Rory for patricide is absolutely incredible. I think it's one thing would be letting him think it's her, letting him think it's Rory and operate with that in mind. And a completely whole other thing is letting Lucifer actually confront Rory about this. And say it out loud. Because yeah, this is something, once you say it, you can never take it back. And obviously, I can see why Lucifer's first thought wasn't Chloe. Because he has learned to completely and absolutely trust her. Yeah. He has never had a reason to doubt that. So, like, I understand how he got there. I don't think it's the best thing that he got there, but I understand how he got there. And the fact that she doesn't let him know, it's heartbreaking and terrible and it's making me feel extremely uncomfortable. But also it makes a lot of sense because this, now in the next scene, we go over to the penthouse and over the course of this scene... The fact that she didn't speak up to protect Rory from the wrongful accusation is what makes Lucifer realize how bad it is with Chloe and the obsession with the, the rod. The mother of the year. The person he's been mom. singing praises about, about her being a mom for years now. Yeah. This person lets her child go through this. Yeah. Not even talking about Lucifer anymore, but talking about Rory now. She yeah. lets Rory go through this, her own child. It's it's rough. It's really rough. And it really hits. And it delivers. It's supposed to do this to us. It's supposed to show that Chloe is definitely not perfect. And she is also just a human who is affected. Maybe it takes longer, but he, she is affected as much as anybody else would be. I mean, we haven't seen the long-term effects of the rod on other people because everyone else has effects much quicker. But this escalates, of course. Like She pulls out a knife, Lucifer confronts, she makes an excuse, and then this escalates completely. And it does not escalate in a fun, sexy way. This escalates in a full-out brawl. And it ends with Chloe holding the knife. And we know what happens when a human holds the knife for longer than a few moments. And that is A Trip to Stabby Town, which is the title of one of our previous episodes. So I very much appreciated the callback to Stabby Town, which was a great episode. Same. Same. But 
they had me for a very short second that Chloe is actually the one to kill Lucifer. I would not believe it as an actual solution, but for a second there it was like, oh, it would make sense because then she would not tell Rory that she actually killed her father. Because then she would alienate her daughter. Yeah. And then she wouldn't and have this anyone. Is exactly the second reasoning why I can see Chloe not telling Rory what happened. So either or, but at this point, I definitely don't believe that Rory is the person who kills him. Yeah, no. And I am starting to very much doubt that Chloe is the reason because she manages to get a hold of herself before yeah. actually stabbing, stabbing. Yeah. And there is this amazing, and it's a really beautiful moment between the two of them because you see the fear and the pain in uh, Chloe's face as she's going through what the fuck just happened. And then you have cut to Tom Ellis as Lucifer and you see the love and you see the hurt, but also the acceptance and everything. And it's just the the way the chemistry works between two of them and how great actors and how well they know these characters at this point. It just translates into this extremely emotional, beautiful moment that's terrifying, but so good. Mm. God, made myself nearly cry here. Before we dissolve in too much emotion, let's go over to the precinct where Ella is busy in her lab. But before she can uh, unlock a whiteboard, and I mean, come on, a lockable, foldable whiteboard is absolutely amazing. I kind of want one, even though I have no no need or use for it. (laughs) Amenadiel walks in and he apologizes. Like I said, very, very well done that he apologizes. Like I said before, Ella has gotten much better at lying, so props to her. And so Amenadiel walks out again. He looks at Dan too, the frog, but he leaves. And now... He is suspicious still, though. I think he's gonna let it go, but he is still suspicious. He's still suspicious, especially after he sees the frog. And once he's gone, Ella opens the lockable, foldable whiteboard. And it is time for a freeze-frame frenzy. FFF! I do love my freeze frame frenzies. And I'm so in love that apparently some of our listeners have now also started freeze frame frenzies when they (laughs) find the fucking pears that we never found. I know. Ah, I love all of you whenever you do a freeze frame. Perfect. Thank you. So we have the left side, the middle side and the right side. On the left side, we have three pictures. And that is Lucifer with actual devil question mark question mark we have a menadiel with angel question mark that she writes on there after he leaves we have mace with nothing i could make out under her photo but she has a great photo of her and just in text we have chloe does she know question mark question mark question mark on the bottom of the left side we have increase in missing socks with Several amazing graphs and drawings of feet and socks. In the middle, we have as headline, unexplained incidents. And there is a world map with news articles that are cut out and then threats going to the country where it's from. I could not make out one of them, the bottom left one. I managed to make out all others. So, we have Russia. Day cruise disappears on three-hour tour, vanishing. We have China. Tragedy struck. Peppers around the world, reportedly less spicy. We have Italy. Trevi Fountain suddenly missing its coins. The typo of its is actually in the headline. It's IT apostrophe S. Also, all these headlines are capitalized. Like, every word has a big first letter and then smaller continued. It's complete bullshit. Then we have either from Sudan or Ethiopia. I couldn't quite make it out. It's right at the border of the two countries. Mm-hmm. Oh, fudge. Charter flight collides with chocolate factory. What? And then oh, we have fudge. the only one with date on it that I could make out. September 27, Canada. Unexplained increase in space debris, putting satellites in peril. Wow. On the right side, we have a post-it with the frog link on top of a photo of Dan the Frog. 
Below that it says Dan to Furies. Rogue wind patterns. Escaped pet. Low key biblical plague. Tiny parachute. And then we have stricken out but still readable. Pudding side effects? Question <laughs> mark. I love that. That is by far the favorite thing on it. Below yes. all of this, we have worrying trends as headline and a graph with several graphs, but I could not make any info out of that graph. So I mm. sadly do not know what the worrying trends are that are happening. Oh, that is worrying, yeah. Yeah, it's very worrying. So apparently one of the potential theories was that Dan turned into a frog because of a side effect Instead from eating so much pudding. That's hilarious. So if the freeze frame frenzy doesn't make it into the episode, Ella opens up the whiteboard and we learn that she has made it all very clear. She has the right idea. She is on the right track. She is figuring out the divinity. And she is not letting it go. Very good. But now. Oh God, now we're going to cry. Well, not yet. Not yet. We're just going to get ready to cry. Because this is essentially the opener to our very last scene. We're going to pop over to Lex for a little bit in between. But this is the emotional setup for our last scene. And God, I love Lucifer so much for thinking of this. And I love both of them for not making the decision for her. Yes. And the fact that he doesn't actually say anything. So in case she doesn't see Dan, he's just doing a really weird thing. Yeah, this is really well done. This is really well done, both writing and setup wise, but also character wise. So I already had tiny tears. Yeah, and Lucifer and Dan hanging in the penthouse talking about trying this is my favorite thing. Yeah, I would have loved to see this conversation, to be honest. Yes, yeah. But before we actually get into the emotions of this, we're going to pop over to another very intense scene. And it's going to be in Lux, so there is a song, because this time, actually... Lux is open for the first time. Yay! And it is by Creams and it's called Sleep On Me. That is a weirdly non-matching title. So very unusual for Lucifer. This scene hurt me a bit because Mace was so genuinely surprised that Lucifer is coming to her for advice. Mm -hmm. This shows to me that she still values herself not anywhere close enough to where the people in her life value her. And in the past, Lucifer has very often been extremely dismissive of her or seemed very dismissive of her. So I, at the same time, appreciate him appreciating her and coming to her for advice. But also it hurts my heart that she is, that she still has so much, um, I'm going to say healing to do, mm. that she is actually someone people can and want to depend on and come to for help and advice and not just kicking the shit out of other people. So as much as I really like this scene, it also pained me. There is a lot in this scene and I don't think that my notes give it justice. <laughs> to me, starting out, I wasn't really understanding what lucifer wants from mace like is he asking her to, for advice to how to stick around on how to beat things or how to deal with the fact that he won't be around and stuff like that and then she says you're asking the wrong questions yeah and i'm like yes thank you because he wasn't asking any questions it was just a weird vague i'm here for your advice this is the situation tell me what to do and she says it doesn't matter why you do it you want know until it happens thank you mace so this is if we're gonna work with the precedence of it is fate it's gonna happen regardless of what they try to do because it already happened if we're gonna work on that premise it means that he needs to accept it and look at what he can do now. Because as Mace says, they both experienced it. They both know exactly how Rory is feeling. So what can he do to make her not feel that? Yeah. To me, this also is another great example of the why, the reasoning, the intent does not matter. It doesn't matter what great answer he finds as to why he is going to abandon his daughter. Because the only thing that is relevant is he is going to abandon his daughter. Yes. 
And so instead of trying to figure out the why and the how and the reasoning and the intention and da 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 he just needs to focus on the fact that this is going to happen. Accept it and then see what you can do now. And since I am a big supporter of the intent is not result and thus should not be treated as the same, I am very much here for it. Also, I love the acknowledgement that both of them, both Lucifer and Mace, have been abandoned, willfully abandoned by one of their parents. And so this is something that is bonding for both of them. And so I, I really enjoyed that because I love the friendship Lucifer and Mace have. Same. And there is one more kind of a stingy thing that is kind of inserted in this world of beautiful advice and hurt and everything in uh, way back when in uh, the scene where we finally realize that Rory is fucking with Mace and Eve Eve mentions that Mace would make a great mother yeah and she does not react well to this she does not react very well and we can very very um, accurately guess why and in this moment she kind of confirms that. That some people are not meant to have children or to be parents. Yeah. To be parents. So she believes that she is one of those people. And if this is the reason why she doesn't want to have kids, it's painful. If her reasoning is that she doesn't want to have kids, it's completely acceptable. And I'm happy with that. But since it's obvious that she is not happy with the fact that she feels that she and some people shouldn't have kids... I believe that she's coming at this from the wrong position that she believes herself a potential bad parent. Because in my opinion, Mace would be a fucking amazing parent. Mm -hmm. We already know that she's going to be a great aunt. Especially paired together with Eve. I feel like those two would raise incredible children. So... I do hope that they do come around on this. I don't need them to have kids, but I also am not opposed to not only getting a happy queer couple, but to have a happy married queer couple with children. <laughs> Imagine. It's it's Imagine. like, I, I'm going to take all the positive representation I can have. So give it to me all. Yep. So, so... Time for the last scene of the episode. And this scene had me crying when I watched it for the first time. I was able to hold on when I watched it now, which also in part is because taking notes makes it easier to not uh, feel too deep. (laughs) I'm going to just get one thing out of the way before we get into the meat of this. Speaking of food. And that is the song that starts playing about halfway through this scene. It's a very hurt, hurt, sad type of a song. Of course. As Lucifer can do. And it's by Manchester Orchestra. Ooh. And it's called The Silence. How very fitting because mm-hmm. the scene does end with silence on Dan's part because she mm-hmm. can't see him anymore. This scene gave me two deep cuts. The one deep cut, of course, is Dan talking to Chloe about Trixie. And that Trixie is strong because of Chloe and everything. Like This this appreciation and spelling this out is very, very good. And I feel like this is also something that Dan needed to do. Not only Chloe needed to hear, but also Dan needed to do. So this feels very much on the list that he needed to work through. But the other thing that cut even deeper to me is I think and I felt like no one ever asks Chloe how she's feeling and when he asks her how she's doing it cuts really deep and you do have that often like when you when you have people who are used to being strong or, or happy or funny or like you have the classic entertainer types and sometimes when you take them to the side, like, but how are you actually doing? You have them not happy at all. And I feel like this is Chloe because she needs to be strong for Trixie. She needs to be supportive to Lucifer. She needs to somehow battle the addiction that she suddenly has. She needs to do so many things. And she always had to be strong, but especially now since Dan is dead. And now someone taking the time to say, how are you actually feeling? See, that's the thing. I feel like she didn't, 
even stop to think about it. Yeah. To trying to figure it out. And this is why she needed this. She needed this question and she needed to word why she's become overthrown by this addiction. Yeah. She says, I have felt so powerless ever since you've been gone. And I think that this just needed to be said out loud. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. For her to be able to heal. And the fact that Dunn, out of all people, is the one who asks her the question and who does this, helps her out. And, oh God, it's just, it's so fitting. It's so good. It's perfect. It's amazing. I love it so much. And Same. Ah. And, of course, the scene ends with her not being able to see him anymore so the blade is back in heaven like i said before i'm not sure how that rules out the whole lucifer dying by blade but i guess we'll see so all in all we know now that within three weeks lucifer will disappear slash die slash abandon rory somehow like I said before, I do wonder if that is going to be the season finale and thus the show ending or if we get something else as finale. Because if Lucifer just straight up vanishes at the end of the show and that's the end of the show, I'm going to be mad as fuck. Wouldn't it be fucking classy though? No. <laughs> I'm extremely happy that we finally addressed all the open plot lines with Chloe's addiction, Ella's research and the upcoming we wedding. It was so high fucking time that Eve is back on screen. Mm -hmm. It kind of feels to me like the season is now getting properly started. Which, to be honest, about fucking time. We're halfway done. Five more episodes until the end. I say bring it on and let's see where it goes. This show <laughs> needs to fuck off. <laughs> no, in five episodes it fucks off. I loved so much about this. But they are trying to destroy us bit, bit by bit. I Wait, wait, wait. It has been a while, but... They know their audience, and their audience are what? Masochists. Okay, Here we go. I feel like we haven't... I, I haven't said this in seasons. Shame on me. It's not true. Shame You've on said me. It. But yeah. You've said it. They know us. They Recently. know we love to suffer. Remember that we mm -hmm. suffered. You need to work. Continue. Sorry. I really wish that Ella wouldn't have to go through all of this alone, but I'm glad that she seems to be on the journey to find out. One thing that rubs me the wrong way about this episode, and I have mentioned it, it's Linda. And they better make something out of this book, because at this point, it's just distracting to me. It's annoying as fuck, yes. Yes, it's annoying, it's distracting, there doesn't seem to be any point to it, and I don't like that. Since I had my newly found headcanon that this is the show we're watching that she's writing, I'm happy, and I hope I'm right. Okay, yeah, well, that made it slightly better, but it's still annoying. <laughs> yes. The Rory storyline has moved quite a lot in just one episode, and I am really enjoying what this is going. Lucifer seems to be a better parent for once and I'm glad that that fact is has gotten addressed and actually resolved-ish by the end. So even though it was frustrating that it took this long, I am also glad that Lucifer is the one who has resolved it. Yes. The ending broke me. And now I'm broken, so please... You were broken before. Dear writers, have fun killing me over and over because I am already broken and raw and opened up and ready for more emotional stabbing. Because I do have a feeling it's not getting any better in the next five episodes. And with this, we say thank you for listening. Please find us on our various social media. We love interacting with you either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon over at patreon.com slash taotpodcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards, such as early release, merch, and hours of bonus content. Yes, Hours. If that sounds like too much pressure, you can help the show by leaving positive iTunes reviews. They really help. Or telling all your friends about us, because nothing beats a personal recommendation. Thank, Thank you. you! Bye! Bye.